and welcome to the Guiding Compass podcast. My name is Sandra Kushner and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I started this podcast to help bring awareness about issues related to mental health and overall well-being. Today we have Brennan Fitzgerald as our guest and she is a licensed professional counselor practicing in Mountain View, California. I'm so excited to have her on and we're going to be talking about a topic that relates to all of us, which is work. So I'm going to give you a moment to introduce yourself, Brennan. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Sandra. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, I'm very excited to be on today. Um, I'm I'm a therapist that works in Silicon Valley um, in Mountain View, California, which is home to Google. So I have many clients who are working in the tech industry who, um, you know, deal with very unique kind of workplace issues related to perhaps anxiety, depression, work stress, Um, So I'm very excited to talk to you today and just relate to um, some ideas about my practice, how I practice, and especially the unique world of Silicon Valley, because it's kind of its own kind of world upon itself. (laughs) Definitely. And it's such a big industry that's kind of changing the culture of work. Um, I myself have been familiar with the tech industry in my personal life and had experiences, you know, kind of interacting with the culture of startups and just how that's changing how people view work and how people interact with their coworkers. Um, It's just such a fascinating change and shift in our culture that we're still learning how to navigate. So what made you interested in kind of working with that um, particular population and, you know, really focusing on the tech industry and workplace um, issues? Well, my husband is actually a scientist, so I spend a lot of time with his friends. Um, I do also have some family members that are high, you know, highly involved in Google. So I, you know, whenever I meet people in the tech industry, I love to hear about their coworkers, issues that they might be having in the workplace. And what I hear frequently is sometimes there's a lot of social connection issues that have been affected by the increase that we have in technology in our society now. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, children that are growing up in a world where they're, you know, maybe hitting the computer first thing in the morning, um, the social skills have kind of changed a little bit, how people connect, how people relate. And I do think, you know, in many ways it can be a beautiful thing, but it could also be a thing that creates isolation, um, maybe some more depression or anxiety that feels a little bit different um, than what we're normally used to in the mental health world. So um, I've tried to kind of incorporate into my practice ways to bring apps, um, ways to bring meditation um, and things that I do normally in my practice and make it more tech friendly for these clients. Um, there is an app called Headspace, which provides like a really nice, like midday kind of meditation. Mm-hmm. You choose the amount of time that you would want to do for a meditation. Um, so there's, there's ways to kind of do that in, in your workplace. Um, at Google, they actually have at every single office, there is a meditation room. So my younger clients are able to, if they want to meditate, they have a way to go or go someplace. Even if you don't have a meditation room, you know, maybe you can go to the bathroom or something and take a few minutes to use meditation to help you kind of clear your mind. Um, if you're having a stressful day at work, having ways to kind of just kind of, you know, really release some stress in a way that's kind of healthy, but also can be part of your work day, you know, just That's so important because if you think about it, we really spend the majority of our day 
right? at work. And that really becomes a huge part of our identity. Most of our lives are spent, you know, interacting with our coworkers, being in our career. And it's so important to kind of have balance around that. And I really um, enjoyed what you said about Google's campus because it's very interesting. They're very innovative in how they have structured the workplace. There's meditation rooms. They, you know, provide and cater most of the meals from what I understand. And they kind of relate Google's campus to an adult playground. And I was reflecting on that myself a bit. And it's almost like those type of um, work cultures encourage you to have life and work balance, but at the same time, they also make it so comfortable and easy for the workers there to just stay on campus that they end up spending more time at work. Um, and I read a research article um, a few months ago that said the more vacation time you actually have, the less likely you are to take it, which I thought was so interesting because I know a lot of you know, tech companies are kind of experimenting with this, you know, unlimited vacation, kind of take time off whenever you want. And I'm wondering, you know, do people actually take advantage of those benefits? Or does it have like the reverse psychology effect of people staying on campus longer, or, you know, not taking as much vacation because they know it's readily available? Right, Sandra. Yes, I've found with many of my clients, that's a really difficult issue to kind of manage for themselves because I do think this is kind of a very American work kind of centered culture. Um, Americans in general do not, I, I think it's like for the average American, 20% to 30% of the vacation is not used um, by the end of the year. So wow. I think it is really hard for people to kind of say, hey, you know, I need this for myself. I need this for my family. Take that time. And it's not even that people don't want to do that, but there is this sense that you always have to be on and kind of available for work. And, um, you know, I, I do think it is just as important to just kind of take that time for your mental health. And what I try to teach my clients is you know, your mental health is, is every bit as important as your workplace and your, your work and your position and the amount of money that you're making. And what I see for most of my clients is that when the mental health piece is worked together and they do take that time for themselves, they actually perform better at work, um, crazily enough. So, and, and a lot of people feel, I think sometimes that they're not maybe going to do that if they take too much time for themselves or are too selfish. But I, I've seen that the opposite actually happens for people is that they, you know, once they start doing that, they learn how to be more assertive about what they need. They, they're more assertive with their um, employees, the coworkers, with their boss. They're able to express their needs better because they're not as anxious and as stressed. So those are some things that I think people don't necessarily think will happen. But um, I think it can happen if you, if you put your mental health first. Yeah, and in our industry, obviously, we talk about burnout and, you know, really making time for self-care and being aware of when you're kind of hitting that wall and not able to show up fully for your clients. But I do feel like there's such a disconnect in so many other industries in talking about that and what does that look like for people. And it's really cool that, you know, you're kind of bringing that forward as a discussion um, that needs to be happening and kind of being reflected on in such a different industry than our own. Right, right. It's, yeah, it's very unique because, um, you know, especially, it's funny, a lot of my clients, they'll be like, you know, Brennan, be really logical with me because I like that. So I have to kind of tweak what I do sometimes with my, 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 approach is a little bit holistic. I like to do a lot of meditation in session. I do mind body, um, treatments. Um, so mm -hmm. 
I have to try to combine, you know, the research and the, you know, the cognitive kind of logical discussion and kind of bring that together with the technology piece so that it's catered towards their understanding. So it is very interesting and challenging and can be, um, I think it's, it's, it's definitely worth it to try to reach out to these clients and try to, you know, have them because everybody deserves to have healthy mental health and to be happy and feel whole. Definitely. And to feel connected with themselves because in such, you know, in tech companies or, you know, finance industry, like just very different um, workplace cultures, like it's very easy to just get caught up in like, you know, logic and thinking and solving problems and creating innovation for our future. And it's very exciting and very easy at the same time to kind of get sidetracked and lost in that and so focused on that, that you kind of become disconnected from yourself and your body and, you know, how am I feeling? And like, well, maybe it's time to take a break. Like I'm not sleeping eight hours a night or I'm forgetting to eat meals because I'm like working so much and I'm passionate about my work and I enjoy it. But at the same time, like I'm really not taking care of myself. So it sounds like your work, you really help people kind of slow down become more connected with themselves and their needs and kind of realize that you can still, you know, work and innovate and create these amazing products and companies while at the same time taking time for yourself and making sure that you, you know, are taking advantage of your vacation and you're creating room in your day to do self-care activities like meditation and it sounds like also helping them become more aware and in tune with themselves and their bodies. Absolutely. Yes. It's a, it's a fine balance between, you know, doing that work output and that logical piece, but also making time for yourself. And um, I think you're right. I think that creative part of the tech industry, that's just as important, um, you know, creating new, you have to think of your life in a new way, think of products in a new way that requires a little bit of, you know, a piece of relaxation and comfort so that you can, you know, successfully kind of imagine something different. Because if you're stressed and you're anxious, it, your, your mind is going to be more rigid. It's not, it's not going to be as open. Definitely, definitely. And creativity comes from moments, I would say, when you are relaxing or in tune with yourself. Right. That's really when I come up, at least for myself, with my best ideas is when I'm kind of just taking a step away and looking thing, looking at things from a different perspective, thinking outside the box. And it's so easy when you're in high stress situations and under pressure to kind of get constricted and honestly not perform at your best capacity. Right, right. It's, um, you know, it, yeah, it, absolutely. It kind of freezes your mind. Um, you're not able, sometimes clients with anxiety or depression, they get so overwhelmed. These, these technological companies, are, they, they change what you need to do day to day. There's different deadlines. There's so many different things that kind of come about. And um, you're right, tech, um, psychology is all about trying to think about your problems in a different way so you can move forward in a way that's healthy and part of yourself. So, you know, in cognitive behavioral therapy, you know, we go over, you know, some very simple concepts that can apply to the workplace as well. This idea of like magnifying your problems, um, you know, noticing when you do that and noticing, okay, maybe this, yes, this is a problem today. They changed my deadline. Yes, but you know what? I'm going to be able to do this and this and this. And also just 
getting in touch with the excitement of what you're doing. I mean, these many of these clients, they have so much education, they have PhDs, um, you know, there's so much life preparation. Um, it's really important to celebrate that, to celebrate you're in the tech industry, you're doing something very exciting. And um, also just to kind of revel in it a little bit and just, just be excited about it as well. I mean, that's, that's something I think people can lose very easily in the American work culture. So I, I really try to um, help people with that kind of that level of excitement that they have when they first decided to study technology, you know, what, what does that bring about for you and how do you kind of have that workflow kind of go again? Cause I think that helps a lot if in the workplace as well. Definitely. And kind of bouncing off of that, I just have a question for you. Like, have you had a lot of clients that come in and, you know, they've spent their whole lives like, you know, in school achieving to get to the place that they're at now and they kind of have lost that passion because they get there and, you know, they are feeling burnt out and it's like not as climatic, I think, as they had envisioned it to be. And they're kind of like, well, now what? Like, here I am, here I am at Google at this high paid position. This is what I always wanted. And I'm kind of feeling like lost in this. Like, I'm not truly happy. Does that ever come up for you in the work that you do? Absolutely. Yes. And it's, it's really important. Um, you know, it's amazing. Some of these people with so much education and technology um, and then, you know, even just to get a job at Google is really difficult. Um, mm-hmm. They typically go through an interview process where they have to come back three to five times. Wow. Yes. Um, you know, just celebrating the fact that you are at Google, I think, is really important or any other company. Um, you know, you're right. That, that does happen. And I think sometimes, you know, we get caught up in the day-to-day things. Oh, I got to you know, they have a work shuttle, got to grab the work shuttle, got to do this, got to go there, got to do this. Oh, we have this to do. We have that to do. Absolutely. That does happen a lot that people um, sometimes lose that sense of passion, maybe. Um, and sometimes that means um, maybe finding a different role in the organization. Um, but I also find too, um, you know, honestly, Sandra, I see a lot of people they get very stressed out working with other people and personality issues. Mm. And I really encourage people from what I've seen in my personal experience, I think it's so important if you can relate to your coworkers on a very personal level, like just, just as a person first, I find that you get much better results working with people as opposed to, Oh, that's my boss. I have to do this for them. This, 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 if you can find a way, you know, appropriately, you know, to kind of connect with that person, I think you're going to find your job much more enjoyable. And that sometimes is really hard for people to do. Um, And maybe it's not always an easy skill to manage, but um, those are the people that get really successful because I think there's something even in a technology position. If you can connect with people and communicate, you're going to be going up higher in your, in your field when you do that and when you can connect with people appropriately. So um, I, I do see that happen a lot for people. They sometimes are not able to you know, enjoy as much um, getting bogged down in the details. Um, but if, if they can bring the mental health piece in, there's a, there's a lot of ways that they can really you know, soar at their company and do really well. Yeah. And that gets lost so much in just fear of, you know, looking bad or losing your position or perfectionism, you know, the catastrophic thinking. But at the same time, like your coworkers really are the people you're spending the majority of your day with and majority of your life with until you retire. And it's so important to feel connected 
to them and connected to the work that you do because if you don't it's very very easy I feel to lose purpose and like spiral into like well now what hopelessness and depression and um, anxiety and I think just being able to feel safe enough to you know have those people to people conversations with your boss or your coworker if you are feeling burnt out like having the space to speak up for yourself and say hey like you know this is what's going on for me now and you know i'm telling you this because i want to improve my job performance and feeling comfortable and safe enough to do that but i think you're right there is like a huge disconnect in people being able to communicate with each other in that way especially at work and that's like a very, very big issue because we're already such a disconnected society. You know, everyone's always on their phones and like we're all running errands and stressed out that, you know, just having like that small space at work to be able to be authentic and connected, I think would make such a difference in people's lives. Right. Absolutely. Um, yes. If there's that way you can learn to, you know, communicate with people It and yeah, it's, it's like a psychological puzzle almost because sometimes there are people that they're difficult to reach or they have other things going on. And if you can understand them psychologically um, and how to connect to them, you, you become more effective at everything because the communication is better. The teamwork is better. Everything is going to be better when you understand one another psychologically. So mm -hmm. I try to encourage that. So how do you kind of teach those skills or what do you encourage clients to do to kind of you know, cultivate that skill and challenge themselves to, you know, learn different ways of relating to their coworkers or being, showing up more as their true selves, I guess, at work. How do you kind of like coach people or encourage people to cultivate those skills? Well, you know, I always like to ask if there's a coworker that does particularly well at something that they're struggling with and maybe first go to that person. So if there's something that they are struggling with or a person that they're struggling with, but they see another coworker getting along better with that person, maybe strike up a conversation and just ask, you know, how did, how did you go about doing your work? You know, how do you do this? How do you connect to that person? I think that that can be a really good bridge because it's also kind of a safer bridge sometimes than just automatically going to the difficult person, um, you know, just because if you notice how somebody else is doing something that, although you might not do it exactly the way that they do, they might have an understanding of the motivation of the person better or, um, you know, understand, oh, this is the way that Jack always likes this, you know, website done. I'm going to do it exactly this way. He loves this. So that, that can kind of help people, you know, understand each other a little bit better. Mm -hmm. um, but also, clarifying what it, what it is that you want. And um, sometimes I have clients just write down in session like, oh, okay, these are my needs at work. Maybe there's, there's a certain task you don't like to do. What, what exactly is it that you don't like about that task? What would make it easier? What would make it better? And to really think about it in a way that like you're successfully doing that task and able to kind of have a good flow with it. Um, so that's another way that I like to look at things, like really pulling things apart and just saying, like, hey, let's look at this in a way that it's it's working out and it's flowing the way we need it to flow. Yeah. Are you seeing um, more companies like Google or the tech companies specifically, since that's really what you're surrounded by and work with, incorporating more wellness programs and like opportunities for coworker or um, 
employees and coworkers to go to workshops and be able to kind of learn these skills? Is that happening more, um, would you say, around Silicon Valley? And do you think that'll transcend into other industries and other work cultures? Yes. Yeah, so there's a lot of um, mindfulness and meditation people that will actually go to Google and do workshops. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a push for people to go to um, the technology um, trainings. They, they usually will incorporate some piece of mindfulness or some sort like at, at workshops, which I think is really awesome. I mean, that's, that's highly unusual and unique in a work setting. Um, I do believe Google also um, sometimes will actually um, ask somebody to go into therapy or counseling, um, you know, to, to help resolve a work issue, kind of an EAP situation. Mm. Um, and I believe they offer a lot of sessions for free through their EAP program. I think it's up to 25. Um, that's the one that's the last I heard Although the insurance. I think wow. That's amazing. Most, um, EAP by the way stands for employee assistance program for people that don't know what that acronym stands for, but yeah, that's amazing. Cause usually it's only like three to four sessions. So it sounds like they're really valuing, you know, mental health and helping people kind of like have the space to get the help that they need and also learn skills like meditation. Mm -hmm. Um, That's really cool. That's really cool. It is. It's really interesting and neat because I'm, I'm from the East coast originally and coming out here, it's just opened up like a whole sense of um, wonder for me for Mm -hmm. why this is not implemented more on the East coast because it, it does. I feel like people are much more open out here, um, much more receptive to new ideas in a way that is really encouraging um, in this climate. It's, it's, it's very positive. So there are things that are difficult, but there are also things that I think are going to come out of it that are really um, good and can be healthy for the work culture in the U.S. Definitely, and it's changing. I mean, I think especially as millennials are kind of taking over, you know, the work, just work in general and more um, like baby boomers and the older population is starting to retire. Like it's really changing. And I think we're learning how to navigate like this new way of living when it comes and relating to work. You know, I know at least for me, I am, you know, I'm a millennial, but um, you know, it's just so different. Like it's hard for my parents. It's hard for some of my older family members to really understand like how I view work or, why I value, you know, taking time off and traveling and kind of knowing when it's time to go home. So it's very interesting. And we're like really in an important stage of transitioning to a whole different way of how we view work and how we view our coworkers and purpose. And I'm really excited to see how that kind of unfolds. And those companies like Google and tech companies, they're really leaders in that because they have so much power and they, you know, impact so much of our society that, you know, they're kind of like the foundation of what that's going to look like, you know, and just hearing that they're taking into account the value of mental health, how important it is to, you know, create space for employees to meditate, like, that's really cool, because that's going to like, really, I think, be a model for many other industries moving forward. Absolutely. Yes, it's very encouraging. (laughs) Yeah. So in the work that you do, what have you found has, I guess, been the most transformative for your clients and kind of like 
what have they taken from the work that they do with you and how have you seen that shift, you know, their overall well-being and their happiness um, when it comes to this aspect of their life? Well, um, initially when a client comes in, I really like to do a lot of the mind-body treatments. Mm -hmm. Um, So mind-body, it might be something like progressive muscle relaxation where a person learns how to relax in session and goes through the body and kind of like, it's it's kind of a mindfulness exercise related to um, each part of your body kind of focus and you automatically, if you're dealing with anxiety or work stress, um, it, it does involve tensing the body and relaxing. So you, you notice immediately kind of a result. And I like to do that when people first get in because it, you, you see right in session that, that result. Um, the other, other piece that um, I see that can be very transformative for people, I really encourage people to take charge of their mental health and, you know, use those skills that they have in the technology industry and all those, you know, degrees and licensures that they need, apply it to your mental health. Um, and I, what makes me really excited is when a person takes charge and is like, oh, I read about this new treatment. Let's discuss this. Or I'm going to be going to the Zen Center this weekend in Sunnyvale. There's, a, there's an amazing Zen Center where actually a lot of the monks there are, um, they have PhDs in robotics and they decided to become monks. Um, so it's really cool. That's so San Francisco. <laughs> That's so San Francisco. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. totally get what they clients are dealing with so it's kind of cool they um they offer you know meditation um Mm -hmm. workshops that um at my practice at um wellspring a lot of times will require clients to do that so that's part of the treatment is to kind of maybe go to some of those sessions and just see how it feels to sit in silence for 30 minutes Mm -hmm. so i love it when people take charge and and start to do things out on the outside as well because if you put more effort into your mental health just like anything else you will see results so i think that's really important for my clients to take away as they as they do that you know it's it, it is not some scary you know esoteric thing that you can't get results from yeah. and it's so important to quiet the mind in that way and just take some space to like really like sit with yourself and you know I like I said I've, I'm pretty familiar with the tech industry due to some personal relationships um, in my life. And, you know, it's so easy to just always be thinking and like coding and solving problems and like worrying about where you're going to get your next round of funding. And your brain is just always on, 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 which is just, you know, fight or flight mode really all the time. And that is not healthy for you at all. So yeah, that's really important to just take some time to really like breathe and allow your body, your mind and your soul to just take a break. And then with that, you're probably going to come up with even greater ideas or be able to come back to that coding problem and solve it way better than you ever expected um, without taking this space to kind of take care of your That's a good point. Yes. Yes. You're going away and then you come back, you have a fresh mind. You're like, oh, this is, this is something I can think about in a different way. Yeah, definitely. All right. So we have a few minutes left and I always ask um, my guests to share a few tips for listeners that they can take away. And I know not everyone listening to this podcast is in the tech industry, but most of us work. And so what are some tips or like things that you recommend for listeners to kind of incorporate, you know, into their lives or into their daily like work routines that they can really like, you know, drop on to improve their functioning and feel better about that aspect of their lives? 
Well, um, I like, you know, I think stretching, office stretching, where you can even like sit at your desk and do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I teach people how to do kind of a stretch where you're actually twisting your body because it kind of like, it, it's like a midday thing you can do to just kind of release tension. Um, so just even sitting at your desk, take a minute just to notice your jaw, your forehead, smooth it out. Just make sure, you know, that you are, you, you know, because our, as we are working, um, you know, our body does tense up. It's really important to just take a few moments and always make sure are my hands not in a fist right now are my shoulders bunched up, smooth them out a little bit. See if you can just kind of, you know, make sure you're, you know, releasing a little bit tension bit by bit during the day, I think is important. Um, a regular exercise routine, um, as everyone knows, is really important. But also a lot of psychiatrists are now, um, you know, recommending um, first before they start prescribing antidepressants to try running, try something that is is going to really release endorphins because that mm-hmm. will do a lot of the same things that the antidepressants are doing. Um, and it's, it's important to see if, you know, you can have a regular exercise routine three to five times a week. Um, can do a lot for your mental health, just that alone, um, taking, taking time during the workday to walk, move, any of those things. And then also just to read and learn as much as you can. If, you ha- if you're struggling with something that's strange and different that you know, maybe your friends aren't relating to, find a book. Find somebody who has coped with it successfully. Um, just this summer, I was reading Anthony Kiedis, the, the, the lead singer of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. He just wrote an amazing book about his, um, his heroin addiction and his depression and his difficulty with relationships. He had many, many romantic relationships. So um, I, I read it this summer and I was just, you know, sometimes just, just reading about another person's experience and hearing all the pitfalls that they went through, that can kind of bring you closer to your own realizations about yourself and Mm -hmm. uh, what you need to do. So I really encourage people to try to find things that are are connecting to them. There's also this great book called Attachment um, that was written, I think this past summer. Um, It's an excellent book about healthy relationships and attachment theory and how um, there's many different ways to connect with people. Um, and the woman went through the book, she was a psychologist, but she went through the book and actually explained different types of relationships and how people connect to one another and what's a healthy way of connecting. Um, so I always encourage people to read and to look for things that, you know, what they're struggling with, which I think a lot of technological people can relate to. It's a kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of a logical way to go about your, your process of finding your health. Definitely. And I think it's important to diversify like your knowledge base. I know for myself, like it's so easy to get caught up in reading books about like therapy and mental health and wellness and relationships. And sometimes it's important to like kind of, you know, seek out things that aren't necessarily related to what you do, because that can also just become like, you know, there, there was a point where like I was reading so many of those types of books and then I like, kind of got resentful because I started to burn out at work as well. And I feel like my whole life, my whole interest base was so related to being a therapist. And that was like the only aspect of my identity. So, you know, I, when I shifted and I was like, okay, like maybe I should start like focusing more on like listening to podcasts about like business and the tech industry and reading books about history, like that actually helped me like find the passion again for, 
you know, my job and like helped me with my burnout because I wasn't revolving my whole life around like being a therapist or work. Um, so that's really important to kind of like diversify your interests. It sounds like, and like, you know, be a well-rounded person, like make time for, um, exercise, make time to learn new things, try new things, have new experiences and, you know, not let just what you do fully define you. Absolutely. Yes. It's important to cultivate. Yeah. That you're right. That creative side to yourself that can just be like, Oh, I want to learn about something like this and to let yourself do that because you're right. Those are those moments where you kind of find yourself kind of, Oh, I'm thinking about things in a different way. I'm I'm putting together my life in a different way. That's going to help me. And you're building different pillars. Like if you have one pillar, one strength, one interest, and that, you know, either you get burnt out or you lose interest or something happens and you get fired or whatever, like that means your whole world crumbles. But when you have other pillars holding you up, then your world will not crumble because you know, you're going to be okay. There's other things you know, there's other things you're interested in and there's other things in your life that define who you are rather than just this one aspect. Absolutely. That's really important. All right. So thank you so much for coming on today. Um, is there anything that you want to add or anything that we didn't cover today? Oh, no, no. This was excellent. I think this is a really excellent discussion. Yeah. Um, you can also check out my website. It's www.brennanfitzgerald.org. And I do have a list of books that I recommend as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and just some information about my practice and how I can be contacted in Mountain View. Awesome. And I will link that below the episode for those of you who would like to connect with Brand and um, reach out to her. So you can just read about her in the bio below the episode. And once again, I wanted to say thank you for listening to The Guiding Compass. Um, if you would like to be a guest on the podcast, you can reach me at sandramytherapist at gmail.com or check out my website, www.meridian-counseling.com. Thanks again for listening, you guys, and remember to follow your compass. Have a great day. Thank you.